Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Just Sold with Brent McIntosh. My name is Brent Griffiths, and joining us is Brent McIntosh. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you, Brent? Very good. Man, oh man, this is uh, going by fast. It seems like only four episodes ago we were starting out. That this makes been, sense. This has been a hoot, and I just want to thank you so much for hosting this for me. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just asked a few questions, but you got it down to an art. But now, <laughs> this is a tough topic today, because our topic of the day today is, so you want to be a landlord. Do most people want to be landlords? Well, I think a lot of people look and, and see how rich people who own rental properties are and think that they want to do that themselves. And so <laughs> I'm always intrigued and, and excited. Uh, being a landlord isn't for everyone, of course. Yeah. But if there's anyone that I can help do it, then I would gladly step in and give them my advice. Okay, let's talk about you and your team first, and then we'll start getting into the details about landlording kind of stuff. I've been selling real estate in Edmonton since 1998, and uh, luckily for me, uh, real estate business has been very good to me, and I have the opportunity to build a small team of agents. So there are six of us on the team that are licensed to sell, and we've got two unlicensed assistants. Any one of my agents is absolutely incredible to work with, and uh, we're there for our clients. We put the needs of our clients ahead of the needs of ourselves, and that seems to be the formula for our success here in Edmonton. For as long as I've known you, and that goes back to the early 1990s when we worked together in radio, I never really had a chance to ask you why did you veer, obviously, to go from radio to real estate is a, is a, is a different kind of gap other than the fact that you obviously, one, you can talk, and two, you love people. Yeah. Um, well, a fork inevitably came in the road in my radio career, and you, I had to make a decision. And um, when I quit the business, even that that day or in the in the, my final two weeks at my radio station, I didn't even know where I was going to go. I'm a second generation realtor, so I grew up with a mother in real estate and eventually a father in it as well. So this was a job that, uh, as a teenager, I swore I would never do, and lo and behold, here <laughs> I am. And it was, uh, as I like to say, inevitable that it just happened, and uh, and I couldn't be happier. It's it's provided an amazing life for me. Do you, and you also have a, a safety net, I guess, uh, you can get advice from two parents a little bit. Does that help too, or do you try to stay away from them on uh, that front? Well, you know, ironically, mom and dad, it was tough love back 22 years ago where they uh, didn't want me to go into real estate because of, of some of the bad parts of it. And we won't get into that, but uh, the stress of being a real estate agent, I suppose. Right. And they didn't uh, want to, to help me out at all and wanted me to earn my stripes myself. So, so I did, and I'm thankful for that because I think I'm a lot more appreciative rather than the business being handed to me that I had to go and earn it myself. Sorry, I took you down that road. Let's go to the stress <laughs> of being a landlord. And where do you even yeah. start with this one on rental property? Well, for me... Because I do own some rental properties, my first stop on the tour was to read a book, and it's an easy read, and I suggest everybody who's thinking about becoming a landlord should read this book. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and it really breaks down the differences between assets and liabilities. And so that's what I'm talking to first-time investors, that I want them looking at this as an asset, 
as an investment, not as just something else to own. And I, I talk to a lot of inexperienced in investors who've bought real estate and put tenants in it and then say things to me like that it only costs them $100 a month or $2,000 a year that they have to chip in for this property. And that's horrifying to me because that is not a great investment. What this investment should do is obviously give you some return on your investment. And your investment in this case, besides time, is going to be the down payment of that property. So I've broken it down into some simple numbers and obviously anybody can can multiply it by two or three or four to work out the numbers for whatever price range they're thinking about buying a property in. And, and not that most people want to be slum landlords, but I will tell you that there's more money to be made in the lower priced properties than the higher priced properties. So I say this, that if you were to buy a $200,000 property, a little condo here in Edmonton and put a, a renter in it, you might be able to rent that property for, let's say, give or take a buck or two, $1,600 a month. If you were to buy a $400,000 property, Bryn, you can't get $3,200 in rent for it. It, it, it. You'd probably get $2,200 at the most. So it doesn't exponentially go up with the purchase price. So you're better off to buy a couple of $200,000 rental properties than one $400,000 rental property, if that makes sense. You talked about the stress, though, involved here. There's got to be a ton. Well, you know, I, ironically, yesterday um, we, I ha had to repair a broken shower head at one of our rental properties. And so sometimes I might call a plumber. In this case, that was... A simple fix and I was able to do it myself. So there is some stress on the damage that might be d being done to your rental property. I guess the bigger stress would be more if your tenant gives notice and you've got a vacancy or even worse if your tenant doesn't pay the rent and you have to uh, evict them from the property. That's the, that's the bad part or, or the dark side of being a landlord unfortunately that, um, that can come with the territory. Uh, I would suggest that doesn't happen that often. And for the most part, uh, if you choose a, a decent renter, you won't have to worry about those things. Now, as a realtor, what kind, if somebody said they want to go down this road and look at various different properties, where do you even start on that? Well, you know what? It, it won't be that much different than buying your primary residence. And I say that because renters want to live in nice spots, too. So that should be um, your first sign is that you're going to buy in a nice location. Uh, you'll determine a budget. And um, I, when I've broken down the numbers in this simple little formula here, uh, if we're going to use $100,000 as a purchase price, the easy math would be that you would put down $20,000 as your down payment. Now, why is that the magic number? Well, that would avoid the high ratio mortgage insurance fee, the CMHC fee, as yeah. people will call it. Now, CMHC is, is one of the three organizations in Canada that provides that high ratio mortgage insurance. And um, to avoid paying it, you need 20% down. So if I'm an investor, paying that insurance fee is unfortunately a waste of money in my mind. And so I would avoid it at all costs. So you would get an $80,000 mortgage. And um, my formula, I used 3% because that's where mortgage rates have been for so long. Right now, they're obviously down at the 2% mark. But an $80,000 mortgage would work out to a $380 a month payment. 
taxes on that $100,000 property here in Edmonton would be about cents a month. And the condo fees associated with that little property would be on average around $250 a month. So on average, you should own that property for $700 a month. You could easily rent that property for around $900 a month. That would give you a profit of about $200 per month. Times that over 12 months, your profit should be $2,400. And if I compare that $2,400 profit to my $20,000 down payment, you're looking at a 12% return on investment. And I keep using words like investment because that's what I want people to look at, that you've bought an asset here, not a liability. I want you making a profit per month. And so that at worst case scenario, if you owned this rental property for 25 years and it was still only worth $100,000, which would be unlikely, by the way, um, that your tenant had paid off the mortgage and you had made 12% on your money, if not more, every single year, because as you pay off your mortgage, your return on investment should go up, uh, depending on what you're locking in your interest rate on each and every time you have to renew your interest rate. Well, let, let's talk about the bank for a second. Do they view things differently when they know it's a rental property as for... Definitely. As, it, it, you know, it was just going to be me purchasing... Yeah, and, and so it, the, there is a, a couple of extra hoops that you have to jump through um, because now you're qualifying for not only the property you own, um, but this other property and any other debt you might have outstanding. Uh, to help you qualify, mind you, uh, the bank will let you use 50% of the rent as your as part of your income. So that will help you qualify. So if you're going to charge $900 a month in rent and can show the bank that that's a viable rental, then they will allow you to have a $450 extra per month in, in income to help you qualify for that mortgage. Are they, easy, are they easier to work with in a situation like that or is it tougher? Um, depending on how many rental properties you have, it can become tougher. If you're buying your first, it shouldn't be that hard, depending on your income. Um, but, you know, the, the bank will make it difficult around seven or eight <laughs> or nine or 10 or <laughs> when you start getting that many doors. But for your first property or two, uh, they're usually pretty much on board of, of showing you how to get it done. Again, you know what? I'm going to recommend a, a mortgage specialist to help you with your application, not only get you a great interest rate, but again, make your application look good in the bank's eyes. Let's talk about positives and negatives. We've been pretty honest with people right from the get-go when we launched the podcast that there's great upside to this, but there might be a little downside to that. When it comes to uh, being your uh, landlord, what, what, what are the good things first? Well, obviously, okay. generating some funds is, is a great thing. Yeah, and, and, and putting this towards your future and having somebody else pay off a mortgage for you um, in 20, 25 years and getting a whole bunch of equity. I used an example of a $100,000 condominium. In 25 years, you, you know, that property is probably going to be worth at least 200000 I would imagine even more, by the way. But you're going to get all of that equity that somebody else has paid for. Now, the bad side, um, you can have tenants that do damage to your property. 
And it's often difficult to get that money from them. You've got a damage deposit, which in Alberta can equal one month's worth of rent. But, you know, if we're talking about a $900 a month rent and uh, your damage deposit is only $900, somebody could do a, easily a lot more damage than just $900. So that's uh, where interviewing your tenants as best as you possibly can and actually calling people that they've given as references on their application. I know so many landlords that don't bother calling anybody and it's a shame because they end up with bad renters or habitual renters that constantly are moving and leaving landlords short on rent and who are really working the system. And and that's what you want to avoid. Um, I'd like to think that our team can give some pretty good advice and some, there's some great Facebook pages now with tips for landlords and um, where if you do become an investor and a property uh, a landlord, a property owner, that you can join these Facebook pages that will show you some of the best things to do as far as when you're getting applications or where to even look for good renters these days. A renter who needs a property in the next week or two is not a good renter and you should never rent to them. <laughs> Yeah, because they're obviously being evicted from their current rental property. So that's a telltale sign. It's better that you're getting a renter who's looking for something 30 to 60 days from now where they've given proper notice. And even better, if you can call their previous landlord and find out what they were like. That's my favorite reference to get is, can I call your current landlord? Why are you moving away from it? If the answers are things like, well, they're moving because the house isn't big enough or they're moving from Vagerville and they want to live in Edmonton, things like that. Those are what you're looking for. Sure. But, um, you know, if, if they're not giving you their current landlord, then that's a telltale sign again that they're probably not a good renter. Great topic for today. Okay, so we're like a month into this now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I want to talk about just before we uh, disappear on, on this episode is if somebody needs some advice from you, how do they get a hold of you? That, that, I mean, that's a really big thing. Of course. And, and we love to help out people. And, and the, the call is always free. You can reach us directly at 780-464-0075. And our website, macintoshgroup.ca. Reach out and any one of our agents will be able to answer any one of these questions that you might have, whether it be thinking about becoming a landlord or maybe renovating your house or just finding out what's going on in the market. And is this a good time to buy or sell a property? Let's also talk about your website because people also go to websites and you do some very inventive stuff on your websites, very uh, creative stuff, I think anyway. Oh, thank you. You get a lot of people checking out the website too. So this year specifically, Bryn, because of COVID and people working from their homes and not necessarily having the boss look over their shoulder on their computer surfing agendas, we've noticed a gigantic uptick in the amount of views we've gotten on our website. In fact, um, in the month of April, our website was up 300% in views and our YouTube channel was up 900% in views. So people are, wow. are looking on the web a lot more often than they used to, and especially when they're working from home, looking at properties. So that's kind of one of the things that we're doing on most of our listings is providing not only 
pictures by a professional photographer. We're having 360 degree views where you can literally um, move the camera with your mouse or, or on your with your finger if you're using a tablet. And then we're also doing video walkthroughs of our property so people can have a good idea of the home before they've even left their living room. It's amazing to me. That was almost like an add-on to see pictures. But now yeah. that you, you can't overlook that. That's a huge thing now. When, when I started in real estate, and this is going to show how old I am and how long I've been doing it, but um, did the you books, have artists do renderings, or did you? No, uh, not even. I okay. wish we just had books with literally the address, the price, and the square footage written in it. And then when we went to a DOS-based MLS system online, uh, it was pretty incredible. But there was definitely no pictures. It was a black screen with green writing, and that you had to no mouse. You were tabbing to get to the next box to fill in. And uh, eventually, MLS got one picture, and then three, and then nine, and then twenty. We now can put up to fifty pictures of our listings right on MLS. And then that uh, those listings get loaded onto realtor.ca is where the public can go and see those properties. And then if you do come to our website, you'll see some more interactive virtual tours of the property. We have floor plans of our listings and we have video. And the video is by far my favorite because you're seeing the house as it is. And we walk through it with, um, uh, with the camera and you can see how the house is laid out, where the bedrooms are in relation to the bathroom, in relation to the kitchen, and get a good idea of that property again long before you show up and see it in person. And with the podcast, we're, we're, into, uh, we're going into month number two here. So feedback on the podcast is always a very valuable thing for us. The biggest thing that, that I'm always curious is, how are people getting the podcast? Are they cooking at home with their computer off to the side? Are you listening to the podcast in your vehicle? We love that feedback, right? Of course. And even if you had something that you're curious about, I would love topic ideas, uh, some sort of things that you'd always thought about and, and maybe didn't necessarily want to call us, but send us an email. Brent at macintoshgroup.ca is direct to me. And if you've got something that you think would be a good podcast topic, I'd love to hear from you. Great. Thanks for your time. Thanks for month number one. Thanks, Bryn. Again, I appreciate you doing this for me. No, this has been great. Uh, it's uh, and I, Hey, listen, I love to learn new stuff every day, and this has been fantastic. So we, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for downloading and all your favorite ear candy sites and uh, more to come. So, Keep it right here. Thanks, Brent. Have a good one. You too. See you soon. All right.